Hello, and welcome back, everyone, to another awesome episode of the podcast. My name's Christian, and I'm your host. And today, I'm joined by Seb. We go over a ton of topics, ranging from communicating and how we interpret other people's actions, the importance of being creative, and the progress of the medicinal use of psilocybin mushrooms. Let's get into it. Remember to stay present and mindful of your surroundings, take a deep breath in, and tell yourself, you are here. always been something that's something i was thinking about recently too but like specifically with me and my mom you know like there's been times where uh we'll be texting each other and then all of a sudden she'll be texting me like oh like watch the way you talk to me or whatever and i'm like i'm just like asking <laughs> a question or or something you know like yeah. and it always makes me laugh because i'm like it's a text like whatever attitude you're picking up on is i feel i feel more off like you know you could definitely word a text like an asshole yeah i'll literally just be asking you like hey did you do this thing or whatever and then and then it'll turn into a whole argument or sometimes i'll catch <laughs> myself getting upset over like whatever text she's sending me and i'm like this, she's probably not even like in that kind of mood she's probably fucking tired or whatever from work i don't even know but like yeah. through texting and through through the media online you know like since it's not in person especially if it's not like over the phone or something like i feel like a lot of times people put project their own their own like anxieties or problems and that's where like i don't know that's exactly where where all that comes from i think or a big part of where a lot of it comes from it's just like perception you know yeah it's uh it's hard it's hard even just like just being able to communicate properly whatever you got going on can really just affect Mm -hmm. how you're expressing yourself to other people yeah and like you know wherever there's so many there's so many factors going into it. it's like how you're doing and then like how the person you're talking to is doing because like if the person you're talking to is not doing good and you tell them something in the wrong way they're not going to have that that like mindset or that wherewithal to be like you know what they're probably having a bad day because they're, <laughs> yeah, they're like fuck so. that i'm having a bad day fuck you <laughs> yeah for real it's hard to not like I don't know. Be react, be reactive. Yeah. I feel like that's what that is. On, on top of like, you know, in the, in the same fissure of like communicating and how hard that is, I feel like a lot of times people don't necessarily have different definitions for things, but like they don't understand things the same way that, that like you're trying to say them, you know? Mm, yeah. Cause, uh, oh man, perfect example. One of these, one of the guys I used to work with, his name's Jackie. Fucking love this guy. He's a great dude, first of all. Just want to say that. But he has like crazy. We love Jackie. <laughs> yeah, Jackie's great. Dude, you're, okay. His name is Jackie Chan, bro. Like. Shut up, really? Yes, his, his actual legal name is Jackie Chan. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so great. Uh, love that he has that in common with the famous actor. But um having conversations with this guy would be so frustrating when I was working with him because he would be asking me something like about the warehouse or wherever or like what he can do in a certain area. And I'd be like, oh, like, you know, this is my plan. So like just work around that. And then he'll 
you know, ask a follow-up question in response to what I'm saying. And like, I'll answer that question. And then like two more questions down the line, I realized we're having like two completely different conversations Mm. because like he misunderstood something I said. And even though he was responding to what I was saying, he was responding to something entirely different in his head because like his ADHD has him having like 30 thoughts a second, you know, like he's just firing it off in his head. And uh, he's a great guy, hard worker, but fuck working with him was so, so difficult just because like communication with him is tricky in the sense that like you, like you were saying how you've been doing with, I assume more people in general, like with him specifically, I would always be, try to be really selective with my words because I felt Mm -hmm. like if I wasn't, it would very easily just get off track and he would Mm -hmm. say something like, I don't know, out of left field that like made me for sure realize like, oh, we're not even talking about the same thing anymore. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's different. It's, I, I want to like learn more languages or, um, be comfortable practicing speaking different languages, I think is what I should say, because I'm just not comfortable speaking other languages, even though I want to, because I want to be able to talk to more people. Yeah. Um, because there's like, there's just different words that people have for different things that we don't have in English. And, and I don't know. I just, I see a lot of videos online where when people make the effort to learn a different language, um, people just light up. Like they just love being able to communicate in their, their native language. And I, I don't know. I wish I had, I wish I had put more, uh, time and effort into trying to like be comfortable uh practicing because that was that was something i was never comfortable doing growing up because whenever i did i was kind of i was made fun of for it so it's like a active rebellion i was like well fuck that i'm then i'm not gonna learn how to speak spanish (laughs) you're gonna make fun of me for it fuck like screw that yeah i feel you i have uh i have a similar love for like foreign languages i've always wanted to learn like all these different languages and um funny enough spanish is the first one i've kind of learned but more out of necessity because of uh the job i have right now Mm. the majority of the people i work with primarily speak spanish if not um only speak spanish so yeah um when i when they changed my position and put me as a coordinator i had to learn more spanish to like communicate with these people effectively just to do my job and to like help them do their jobs. But like, the point is I I had taken Spanish, I think for four years in high school, I can't remember. It might've just been three years, but um, I didn't learn a word of Spanish, bro. Like (laughs) like I I knew like the very basics, like, hello, nice to meet you. And that's it. Yeah. And like boy, girl, like a few words here and there. And then I knew all the cuss words because of the benevolence of my family. The only thing they were able to teach me. (laughs) because <laughs> i would ask them to teach me spanish too you know and they yeah. the way they went about it was they would just like only speak to me in spanish and then when i would like after a day of me being like what's that or i don't know what that is they would just like get frustrated and then talk to me in english again mm, and, yeah. um, you know 
fucking i don't want to be a commercial but duolingo bro that shit's great because it made (laughs) not for real like they definitely figured out how to like play with your like people's brains and like make it fun to learn because one of the two things that like really drove me to learn spanish on that app specifically was less about my necessity for it in my life Mm -hmm. or my interest in learning another language and more about just like being competitive like they have these they have these little <laughs> leaderboards and you could add like your friends on there too uh-huh. and uh and like the more you practice the like it gives you points it has a little point system not just to like you know track your progression through whatever language you're learning but also for like these little leaderboards that they have and you just get like a little digital trophy or achievement or whatever but like interesting but, like fuck bro when i was not at the top or like when i would have like 3,000 points, and I would see somebody, like, go up with, like, 3,100, I'd be like, nah, fuck you. Like, I'm not sleeping till I'm, like, up there, bro. And then <laughs> if I woke up the next morning, and I was at 3,200, and they were at 3,300, then I would get mad, and I'd be like, nope, and I would go up to, like, 3,600, and I would not stop <laughs> until I knew I was going to be at the top. They, game, they gamified learning a language. That's awesome. Exactly, and it, and it was honestly, like, the coolest fucking thing and then the other part of it not the not the competitiveness but just like uh they they also track your streaks so every day uh they log if you go in and learn something and you have to complete at least one one little lesson or whatever which can be anywhere from like two minutes to like five minutes they're all like super short and I I had almost like a 200 day streak at one point and then once I lost it I was like well fuck this I'm done like fuck Fuck this app. I lost my streak. There's no reason to do anything. <laughs> no, the Fuck streak is over. Like, my streak is dead. But, oh, um, shit. But, like, definitely, definitely have a love for other languages. I get, I get where you're coming from. You have definitely a more wholesome drive for it, I think, because you, you recognize how much it, it, like, you know, gives, like, lightens up other people's day. Like, oh, now I can talk to this person. Yeah. And like, for me, it's definitely more of a selfish reason because I just want to know as much as possible. But also like, I also really love just the structure of languages too. Cause it's, uh, like with Spanish, since that's the one I've studied up on the most, like just the structure of how they build a sentence is completely different. And yeah, definitely gave me like some insight into like how a lot of. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of cultural, uh, like bleed through into the language, you know, like a lot of the words are masculine and like traditional Mexican cultures, like very lean to very heavy on like masculinity yeah. and like gender roles and all that. And like the, the endings, you know, how you're supposed to, you know, end it like feminine or masculine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that all changes the grammar of the sentence more or less. And also just the structure of sentences. Like you, you put the noun before adjectives in, um, in English, right? Like you'd be like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. green or whatever. Yeah. I think it's really, yeah, that was something I didn't pick up, pick up on until afterwards where it was just yeah. like, why are we giving, why are we giving objects like masculine and feminine, uh, personification? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's still that's definitely like a lot of my coworkers laugh at me still because, you know, I I ta- I did teach myself like I use I used an app, yeah, 
and in spite of having tried having a teacher try to teach me in high school for several years like it was it was irrelevant I didn't retain any of that information and I've I've pretty much just been going at it by myself with an app which only takes you so far and at the end of the day like the app doesn't really correct you on like grammar and stuff yeah I mean, I it's just the grammar and all that, but like reading it and like playing it on a little app is completely different from speaking it. So when I'm speaking, like I can tell when I'm like saying the wrong thing or phrasing, phrasing a sentence strangely, but like they understand me and that's all, that's all I really give a fuck about. Like if they understand what I'm trying to tell them and what needs to get communicated, then I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially cause like it's only been like a year since I've been practicing and like learning on my own and I've definitely come a long way which I am proud of but um I've always like started and dropped other other languages just because it's really hard to like stick with it but I think you should definitely try downloading Duolingo if you really want to learn other languages because it's or just any little free app like just like that one I do because I no matter what it's good to know other languages yeah I I think I just get stuck at actually engaging in a conversation in like another language because there's always like opportunities where I'm like, oh man, like I could just like ask this person, like if I could just practice with them and just do uh, order something in Spanish or just, you know, say good morning in Spanish or something, just something quick. But I just haven't broken past that barrier for myself of like, comfortability because it just always goes back to like oh man i'm gonna sound stupid but <laughs> yeah but man. part of me knows like you know if you if you do anything or prior if you're trying to practice at anything for the first time you're gonna look sound feel stupid because you don't know you know you literally don't know you're trying you're starting something you're trying to get better and so so you gotta sound stupid <laughs> yeah it's it's you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable <laughs> in that yeah, sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm definitely not like a confident Spanish speaker, and you know, I I know for a fact it's like reflected when I speak because like, what one of my coworkers earlier this week was even like, oh, like she was kind of like parroting whatever I was saying, and I was like, am I saying it wrong? And she was like, no, nah, like you're saying it right. Like I like your Spanish. And I was like, what the fuck does that even mean by Spanish? Like, <laughs> Spanish. And she was like, yeah, but like you, you, you say, you say things different. And I'm like, okay. Oh, I can't tell if you're meaning for this to be insulting or like what, but I'm going to just take it. <laughs> yeah. Take it I don't know comment, yeah. I don't know if you're trying to be endearing or you're just busting my balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and then that's the other thing too. Like whenever they do bust my balls, like regardless of whether it's about, my Spanish or like just they're just busting my balls in general, but it's in Spanish. I'll just be like, ah, no, no, no Nintendo, no Nintendo. I don't <laughs> and uh, that always cracks them up too. Cause it's supposed to be no entiendo, but I'm just like, no, no Nintendo. I don't speak Spanish. And they're like English only. I'm like, no, nah, I don't speak English. Just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak anything. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm just like, I'm out. I'm out. I don't understand. I can't keep up. I can be a good sport, but I'd prefer to know what we're saying, you know? Yeah. Um, besides, uh, besides, uh, languages right now, what other sort of things are your, 
investing your time in or you're trying to or you're like interested in? Um, damn, you know, what's been on my mind most recently, like in a recurring way, which I'm disappointed to admit that like I haven't really pursued much in is, is, uh, just mycology in general. I really want to get into like okay. mushrooms and stuff and like fungus and all that. Like I, like I want to go back to school for it. I'm thinking, oh. or, just, or I don't know what, I just know I want to learn more about it in general because I uh-huh. fucking love mushrooms, both both the kitchen kind and the magical kind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I I think they're the fucking coolest thing ever, bro. Like I can just ramble on about that shit forever. Yeah, yeah. As far this... as what I've been in, investing my time in recently is uh-huh. just like uh, a lot of work and and just being home alone, which has been cool. Like I really. I really do enjoy having like my own space, but like I definitely haven't been in a good space mentally. I've for sure been depressed. I've been spending like way too much time just like watching whatever on TV or trying to distract myself with video games because I'm just like not motivated to pursue the things that I want. And uh, mm-hmm. almost almost all the time when I'm like feeling the worst, I'm like, fuck, like what the fuck am I going to do with my time? Like nothing nothing that used to like really drive me or excite me before is doing it right now. And I'm always like, well, just what if I went back to school? Like I'm already miserable with how I'm spending my time. And I am right now have been having the most time for myself than I have in a long time. Hmm. And uh, I've just been, you know, like stuck at home, like in my head, trying to get out of my head. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I do feel like I've been wasting my time a lot. Like I said, like I was telling you earlier, like I barely cleaned my bathroom for like it's the first step in cleaning my house in like a long time, too long. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a step in the right direction, but fuck, bro. I really, I really do love mushrooms and <laughs> I need to, do, <laughs> I need to do something with that. I've also been wanting to put more of my time into like my art as well. And like I doodle here and there at work, but I want to yeah. do more painting and more I don't know more creative stuff like the doodling at work is creative but it's just like filling up empty pages in my notebook yeah do you do you feel like the creative stuff is more is more fulfilling for you right now or I mean I do I do enjoy like you know scrolling through my notebook and seeing like all the little things I've done I don't feel like any of my art has really been fulfilling in the sense that like it's been expressive for me because, mm-hmm. which is why, like I was saying, I want to invest more time in it or do more creative things than just doodling at work because it's fun to like doodle and draw and like, you know, fuck around in my notebook, but ultimately I'm not creating anything with intent, which I think is like a, an extremely important part of creativity. Like, you, you know, you can draw, you can paint, you can do whatever to pass the time, and that's great. Uh-huh. But, like, I think creating something with intention is, like, that's the fulfilling aspect of art for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been doing that. I haven't been doing anything. I haven't been doing anything creatively with the intention of expressing myself or creating something specific, too, you know? Yeah. Like, all my doodles at work, I'll just 
I'll just like poke the paper and then connect the dots and then draw whatever <laughs> my imagination comes up with from that. Which is like oh, a, a good exercise in creativity, but it's not, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> like I, I yeah. guess I just fucking maybe being a nitpicky artist because you know, everybody I, hates what they make. Yeah. But I, I mean, it just for me, it just sounds like, you know, you want something more, uh, purposeful. You know, you, you, you're saying like intention. I think you want, I, I, it just sounds like you want to do something more, uh, planned out and with purpose, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I don't think it even, I don't know, maybe planning, planning something out would be beneficial, but I think it's just like, my, my job is, uh, it's like, it's difficult, but it's not like the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm a coordinator and I, and I have to, LA recently passed an ordinance. I work in a, in a hotel. LA passed mm-hmm. an ordinance, uh, I think last year that like made all these complicated, like red tape rules for housekeeping in terms of like labor laws. Okay. So my whole job is to make sure we're not breaking those laws while simultaneously getting all the rooms that we have that need to be cleaned, cleaned by the end of the day. And it's like a lot of math and a lot of like, okay, this person's over here and over here, so I can't send them over there. And then at the same time, I'm getting requests from like the front desk of like, you know, guests wanting whatever in this room. And then this room wants service. And now I have to figure out how to fit the math of that room into someone's assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, (laughs) I thought you were going to say you have to figure out how to. You have to figure out how to not break those laws while simultaneously breaking those laws. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> but, you know, like sometimes we like we do what we got to do. And at the end of the day, like, you know, if the ladies don't care about the rules being broken and we really need like a, a certain number of rooms or whatever, then we'll be like, all right, yeah, like, let's just get it done. But like, if the city ever comes knocking, it's uh, and they're like, "Hey, we're here to audit like your fucking your pay stubs and the hours the ladies are working," and they're gonna be like, "That's interesting how she did all this on this day. <laughs> we got this much money." Yeah, and you know, if we have enough instances like that, then the hotel gets shut down. But like, the job's not hard. Like, I'm, I'm uh, ultimately just just doing a bunch of math as fast as I can. And like yeah. processing a lot of information, which is tiring, but it's not like, it's not important and it's not challenging in the way that like I would want to be challenged. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, if, if I'm doing something I fuck with, then I definitely don't mind like being stressed out about it because at the end of the day, when like I'm done with my work, it'll, it'll have resulted in something that like I'm enthusiastic about or yeah. something I care about in general. And I yeah. don't care about hospitality. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, it's a fucking hotel, bro. Like, we're not saving anybody's life or changing the world or contributing culturally to anything. A majority of the people that stay where I work are fucking lawyers. Like, mm. anything 
we're being detrimental to society by upholding law. <laughs> so, you know, I think in the bigger picture of things, like, I, I don't give a fuck if it's a plan or, like, something falling in my lap or something uprooting my life and sending me to, like, some other fucking state or country. But if it's something that is, like, creatively driven, that's going to let me, you know, face and solve problems that allow me to create new things. Like, fuck, bro, that would be ideal. I would fucking love that. No. It could be the hardest fucking thing I've ever done in my life. But if I'm excited about it, I'm going to be like, let's fucking go. And I yeah. don't feel like that about a lot in my life right now. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you think, what do you think drives that? What do you think it is that, that really drives that? Where, like, what do you mean? Drives like, like the, my... that just drives like that creative desire. Like, what, what do you think that is? Cause like, I, I know a lot of people have that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like being complacent in the workplace and just want something more fulfilling. But what do you think it is that really, um, sets people's like desires and like needing to be creative i think it's a large part expression you know i think everybody wants to be seen and heard and there's different ways to be heard you know Mm -hmm. there's musicians there's painters there's writers and in every single one of those mediums there's so many like hundreds if not thousands of different ways to apply those things um whether it's creatively or artistically like you're you're building something new that's from inside you and i think i think that's a really good question you just asked because i don't know if there's really even a word for like exactly what it is you know because mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I I know I've known a lot of people who just, like, just fucking, like, need to do creative stuff, even if it, like, is just for themselves. Yeah. And even if they're not, like, they talk about wanting to or they have, like, an extreme appreciation for the people that do or admiration, if not just, like, appreciation for their work, you know, because you always hear stories of, like, people fucking, like, I don't know, just up and leaving and traveling like miles to like come to LA or go to wherever just so that they could spend like more time doing something that they love or something that like, you know, allows them to, to find their expression. And I don't know. I think, I think it's multifaceted. It's mm-hmm. a multifaceted, like really human thing that drives that in a lot of people. Yeah. I feel like calling it a human thing is like the, the closest you can really get to it, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's just, I don't think it's just explicitly expression either. Like, like there's some people who are just like fucking insane. They can't function in society, but they can make like the most beautiful fucking shit. There's so many like, historical artists and probably artists alive today that are just making like some off the wall shit that will like blow thousands of people's minds if they ever saw or got to experience what these people were making. But these people are just like, like 
cannot function around other people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like not necessarily that they're expressing themselves, but they have like this compulsion to create something. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because of the way they're, their their brain developed they became like a conduit for whatever this flow of energy is that that like fucking stuck to them that made mm-hmm. it so that they're incapable of doing other anything other than that yeah one thing and yeah. uh, you know that's when you get like really crazy fucking people like i don't i don't even know i can't even think of specific examples i hate when this happens <laughs> Uh, but I don't know, like Vincent Van Gogh, you know, like he was a deeply injured person. Uh, mm-hmm. Not deeply injured. He was, well, yeah, he injured himself. He cut off his own fucking hand. <laughs> but like, because he was, you know, so like unstable and alone and sad. Yeah. And his expression, a lot of his paintings, they don't feel sad to me when I look at them. Like they, they feel hopeful. They feel whimsical. Like he puts hundreds and if not thousands of strokes on like one painting and that's, that's a lot. It's a lot of effort to make yeah. like one picture, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like you, I feel like you touched upon it briefly, but, um, I think it's, um, it's, it's like a, it's a part of it is a journey in like discovering who you are as a person and what it means to be, uh, to be a person, you know? I feel like that's, it's something that a lot of people are trying to like tap into or get in touch with of just like what it means to be just alive and what to do with that time and you know whatever whatever reason it may be that people you know find to create whether they want to be memorized or they want to make a connection or uh, just want to make money, you know, off of it. Um, I feel like people really find themselves through their art and how they um, find the most, uh, the most sense for them to like create through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of like finding their meaning more or less through, through their art. Is that what yeah. You're yeah, like it's just they're finding themselves through their own expression. And I and I think that's important and that, that's why a lot of people admire it or want to take that route. Um Yeah, that's it's just, that's really it's a lot yeah. of self discovery. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But like, wow man, I I really I really hate that, you know there's this whole necessity for money now. Like, <laughs> like, fuck, that drives so much. But I think that's one of the super rad things about, like, the internet now is that, you, you know, you could find success financially through artistic expression, through finding yourself. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like, I don't know, there's different kinds of legacy, you know? And, yeah, definitely. And I don't know, like, I think, I think whenever you throw money into it, for me personally, I'm just like, ah, like that, that skews my view on the art. Not even if it's like, 
like a successful art piece, you know, whatever. This artist is really good. They found success in it. That's cool. Go then. But like when somebody's specifically making art to make money, I'm like, ah, like how much of this is like really them exploring themselves and how much of it is what sells. Yeah. Because, because if you are monetarily driven, like then you're, then you're, I think the flow of energy you're channeling for your art, which can still be immensely profound is now driven, you know, no longer by expression, but by success, which mm-hmm. isn't, you know, it's not, ne- it's not a negative thing. If that's what like somebody's going for. And I think that ties in with what you're saying as far as like discovering yourself. Cause if you're going out to be an artist and you find that like some specific painting you've done got you more attention and more, more success in whatever regard, especially financially, that's, and that's what you want then they've, they've discovered, you know, the style that they need to follow through with in order to maintain it, to keep that going. Yeah. And if I was to do anything for a legacy, like like a legacy piece, if I had to make one magnum opus, bro, it would just be to, like, fucking get, get on that, like, Shaolin monk level shit and just, like, build a staircase all the way to the top of a mountain or something. <laughs> and, like, I'm not putting my name or my initials or anything on there and, like, someone could just, like, put like a nameless fucking tomb at the top of the mountain or like at the bottom of the stairs. I don't fucking care. Like mm. I definitely want to die on that mountain though. Cause I would have spent years <laughs> of my life, if not the rest of my life, making a staircase on yeah. it, out of it, you know, chiseling it out of the rock, like something that I spend my entire life on where people see it like hundreds of years later and go like, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. How many people made this? Somebody did this. And then someone's like, just some dude, like this guy bought like a plot of land down on the bottom. And like 80 years later, someone realized there was a staircase going to the top. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I feel like there's also like whimsy behind that too. Just being like, wow, like who did this? It's just like a, like a mystery behind that. And yeah, I, I miss that. I think that's something that also is missing, especially yeah. now because of like, you know, kind of like a double-edged sword with the internet. It's like, there's nothing that has like whimsy or mystery behind it. And that's why I like, I like, I really like, uh, like cryptids and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, not because like I necessarily wholeheartedly believe it, but it's more like, I want it like I would I would much more want it to be real than not want it to be real, you know, because just stuff like that makes things interesting. Um That's why I like listening about like conspiracy theories, but also not like not like real conspiracy theories that are like too real or like too close. Like, what? like to what? I want to hear what a real one is. Like like a real one would be like like more of like a government uh oh i see like, okay like so a, you're talking like a about real one like, would be like uh like a government one of like uh a government like testing like the frog the gay frogs like that um yeah or like or like just like something that's like too that has like a lot of factor on it but it's just like we can't prove it because we don't have like immediate access to like prove it but there's yeah. like a lot of evidence to support it but i like more conspiracy theories that are like out of whack that are just so out of left field that it's like almost hilarious. Um, 
Are you talking about like aliens built the pyramids type conspiracies? Kind of, or just like, um, like there's like conspiracies about like, oh, the reason why we can't catch Bigfoot is because Bigfoot can also like dematerialize or like teleport, <laughs> like <laughs> shit like that, or like it exists on a plane between realities. And it just like, I fuck with that because that's so outrageous that I would want that to be real. <laughs> yeah. He's like on some, um, what's it called? Uh, he's like in a, in a realm of like superposition, like in, um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, uh, just stuff like that. Like, I would rather, like, I want there to be mystery again. I want there to just be, um, like, I just want to be able to look at something and just be like, I wonder how that works. And then not immediately be able to, like, look it up on my phone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, there's so much of that, though. It's just, like, I think a lot of it is, is, like, dependent on, on, like, you know, how much you're willing to dig, first of all. Cause I think a lot of the stuff we don't know is like, it's like, it's like a question, you know, like we find some new species on a camera that just broke the record for like going undersea. And it's like, what the fuck was that? And it's like, well, we don't know. Like the camera got a real good glimpse of it and it doesn't look like anything we've seen. And it's like, yeah. cool, there's a new fish, but it's like, there isn't a new fish. It's just. Some fish we haven't seen before, and like that's it because we're definitely not going to catch one. Chances of us seeing one again are like minimal at best. Yeah, and that's then, why um, like, and I, I could see why why you get into like the really out there conspiracy theories because I feel like that's where you get into like the like that that's where you get into it. Like, yeah, it's more weird it's, shit at the bottom of the ocean. It's more it's imaginative like weird phenomena. It's, you it, it's more imaginative than anything. Like, yeah, like I just want to like see something or experience something that I've never experienced before. You just come on over. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And just like, um, yeah, like I just, like part of me wants, it's like on the, it's like on the verge of like both. It's like part of me wants to find out if aliens are real. Right. Yeah. But also part of me doesn't want to find out if aliens are real because then I can always just live on that like cusp of, of wonder of just being like, mm, I wonder, you know, you just have like that imagination and that like mystery about it. But like once you like know something, you can't unknow it, you know, you're just like, oh man, fucking aliens are real now. Cool. Like, let's see, <laughs> let's see what that's about, <laughs> you know? You like, get to learn, but, like, yeah, like, and like, you know, you learn about it, but now you're in like a realm of reality. And I just, I miss having that like playful, just being like, Oh, I wonder like, how is that? And cause I, I remember, um, cause when you're a kid, you don't know how anything works. Um, yeah. and when I was a kid, I would see cartoons on TV drawn, right. And like cartoon network or whatever. I remember watching like whatever cartoon it was, Ed and Eddie or Johnny Bravo. And as a kid, I didn't know the production and everything that went behind making a cartoon, you know? And so as a kid, I was like, wow, like, there's really people that are drawing that fast. Like, they draw it super quick, and it comes out on TV. Like, that that's how I thought it worked. Oh, that's awesome, man. So, like, 
just viewing like yeah just seeing like dexter's lab and just being like wow someone's drawing that episode really fast and it's just like <laughs> that's how it's coming off on tv like that's so great i'm just imagining the producers like you know cracking the whip like draw faster draw faster the commercial break's almost over yeah there's like a bunch there's of a commercial break draw more dribbling dexter <laughs> um, yeah like i kind of I kind of want to have that uh unrestrained perception where it's just like, you know, not knowing how things work. So that yeah. way you have a more like imaginative uh perception of it. Just like yeah. that, you know, or it's like when I was a kid too, another thing was like, I would see like mountains and I would tell my parents like, Oh, those are dinosaurs. Like those are big dinosaurs with just like, rocks and grass grown over them that's awesome because i don't know what the fuck a mountain was or how geography or geology you didn't know tectonic plates and the moving of the earth's crust yeah i was just like those are those are freaking dinosaurs right that's awesome <laughs> it's way yeah, way no, i love that that's also really similar to like my childhood belief of mountains i was like oh those are dead giants like yeah. that's obviously a hand right there like and it would just be like the valleys of a mountain you know and I'd yeah. be like, oh, like, there's his leg, and it's like one really big peak, and I would think like it's some giant's knee sticking out of the ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the same thing like you were saying, like just mass and uh, grass and like, you know, shit just grew on top of that. Yeah. Just I just these like giant, massive, like beasts like rising up and like the mountains just like crumbling and falling down as like the dude's leg comes up. And I, like, I, I understand. Hundred percent, what you're saying about like that feeling of like awe, like because you don't know something, like your imagination lets you build like whole narratives and like completely other like you know realities for yourself that, as far as you know, are real. Like, yeah. When you were a kid, there were straight up artists fucking grinding, bro, like drawing those cartoons (laughs) for you, and. You know, that wasn't true, but there's, they, they still had to draw fast though, which is why, like, if you look at cartoons, even modern cartoons, even with like digital shit, it's, it's kept simple, you know? Cause there's artists that like mm-hmm. draw like super realist shit and, and, uh, it's not cost effective or efficient to like make a super realistic, like, cartoon, which is why when we do get stuff like that, it's like movies and, or like a really short series. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of why I love art too is because of like the magic of it, you know, the, all the production that goes into it. The more I learn about production, the more I like have a greater appreciation. Not like I still watch kids cartoons, bro. Oh my God. There's, there's like <laughs> so many really fucking good ones that have been coming out too. Um, and I realized that a lot of the ones that are coming out now that I really fuck with are just from the same people that were making the shit in Cartoon Network when we were kids. Fucking, mm, yeah. uh, Gendi Tartakovsky just started his, um, his most recent one, uh, Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Great cartoon. Ooh, super okay. recommended. But he's the guy who did Samurai Jack and, uh, I forgot what oh, else. He's, okay. he's done a ton of stuff too, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Craig McCracken has, uh, mm-hmm. an original on Netflix, uh, The Cosmic Kid, I think it's called. Oh, really? He's the guy who did, um, he did Fosters, Powerpuff right? Girls. He did, um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Yep. Uh, I'm sure the list is 
much longer than those two. But he, he, like, you know, Powerpuff Girls alone is an those iconic are, fucking cartoon. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, both of those shows are, are absolutely iconic. Yeah, and, uh, you know, The Cosmic Kid, like, I haven't watched the second season, but I really enjoyed the first one. And, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky, I fucking love him because Samurai Jack was so fucking awesome. That was, like, my favorite, one of my absolute favorites, bro. Like, I remember running home from school so I could watch that cartoon. And, mm-hmm. uh, he when he did like an extra final season that aired on Adult Swim because it had like more adult themes, like I fucking ate that shit up, bro. Because I was like, you're giving me like my favorite childhood hero, you're making him like bloody and tattered and miserable, <laughs> like decades of war, and you're you're gonna fucking like, dude, in the last season, he he actually kills someone and for the first time like draws human blood with mm. his sword and like. That's just a fantastic way to tie in like the child, the children's cartoon with like the adult story. Cause yeah. he's like, yeah, you didn't realize this, but as a kid, Jack technically never fought a human. Every yeah. one of like Aku's like minions was a robot. And whenever he did fight humans, he didn't kill them. He ended up being friends with them or like, you know, befriending whatever new tribe of like, yeah. like organic species he, he ran into. That's true. So then when he finally, like, actually takes a life, like, you see him fucking reeling from that because he's like, oh, my God, I hurt a person. And, that's, like, all of a that's sudden. That's so cool. That's so cool because it's, like, like. You see his whole character change, and it's great. Like, he's yeah. a great storyteller. And I, That's awesome, too, because it's working within the frame of, like, censorship and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, he's like, he's like we're, we're with Adult Swim now, so Jack yeah. can, can kill someone. And it's also, like, in the midst of him going through, like, all this mental and emotional turmoil because the original cartoon when we were children ended with him like losing his way home. Like he, he lost his sword. Uh He lost the, he lost the fight with Aku and he lost his way home. Like he was Mm -hmm. now living in the future world with no way back to like where he was from with no like holy weapon that his family had passed down from generations and like he not only that but in the in the last season he had made it so that technically jack had stopped aging so now he's like as far as jack knows immortally stuck in a fight with this demon lord that he can't kill yeah without the weapon that he needs which he can't get because it's fallen through a portal that's never going to open again (laughs) like jendy tartakovsky is a master crafter of stories and he also did another another cartoon called uh, Primal, which I I'd love turning people onto because it's it's a whole story about a caveman and a T Rex becoming best buds. Oh, okay. But yeah. it's done with zero dialogue. There's there's like two episodes that have dialogue, and uh-huh. neither neither of those episodes have dialogue from the main characters. I think I remember seeing I remember seeing that, but I never was able to watch it. But I, yeah. I, I've seen it referenced a lot uh, recently. Yeah, it's super colorful, very artistically driven. I'm a huge Gendy Tartakovsky fan. And, you know, to, like, connect it to back, back to what you were saying from, like, when we're kids and, like, we're not understanding stuff, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's why I love creation, because you can create that. You can make that. You know, Gendy Tartakovsky does it. Because he was like, 
can I make a show with no dialogue? And he fucked around yeah. and he found out that he could. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, um, cause we're touch, we're touching, we're touching on a lot of like childhood things and, um, something that, something that, that really grabs my attention, especially when it comes from like healing from trauma and stuff is, um, getting in touch with like your inner child. Right. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back and what, uh, what we mentioned, you know, like these things that like kind of drew our imagination or things that inspired us, uh, growing up and how we, how do we like find that again? Like, how do we, how do we like heal in order to like find that in us again? Because we grow up and we lose a lot of that because we're just, you know, told rules and different things that we have to, Abide by whether it would be social, political, you know. Um, yeah, just society in general is like yeah, really good different. at being like fuck what you want and what you want to believe and yeah. what you're thinking. Like this is what you got to do. That's yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I and I feel like uh, like the way our conversation's been going, like especially with creativity, I feel like creativity allows us to find that. Um. I guess that inner child or like that inner light that allows us to view things from uh, a, a perspective unrestrained from uh, <laughs> rules, I guess, or right or wrong or biases. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's like turning away from the status quo and like the normal, like cookie cutter shit you're supposed to do. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think creativity is like a huge key for for finding your way out of out of that like and for me personally as far as like reconnecting you know with my childhood and like trying to find that sense of wonder of like discovering new things and it's a really hard thing too for me is just like you know change looking for change I think is a big aspect of that because Mm-hmm. because it's that's I think that's what makes it such difficult work you know like trying to heal from your trauma trying to connect with your younger self and like the aspirations and dreams and things that we like forget and lose and just let go of it's um it's painful because you know they were they were aspects of our lives or our imagination that we loved deeply that probably at the time of our lives when we didn't understand things would give us comfort. And because of, you know, the nature of life, like circumstances change, the responsibilities we have change, our views change, our knowledge changes, our knowledge grows. And because of the knowledge we gain, it changes our perspective and through those new perspectives we lose those pieces of ourselves you know like yeah. and i think it's i think it's it's a double edged sword cuz that's how people fall into the trap of society because then they're given you know what's the what's the and i'm doing air quotes here the knowledge that schools <laughs> teach right schools yeah. teach you you have to have a job you have to pay your bills you have to save up to retirement you have to like fucking save up and have 
a good credit score and do all this shit so you can get a car and buy a house and mm-hmm. fucking do the American bullshit and do the societal crap that is the most important thing because if you can't pay your bills, then, you know, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to end up homeless, blah, 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 all this other bullshit. And that knowledge drives out all those dreams of like, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go be a chef because I love cooking and maybe maybe because of the circumstances of life, like you couldn't afford culinary school, so you just got a job wherever because your responsibilities were changing faster than your creative ability to figure out a way to chase your dream unfolded. And that's why I was saying I think creativity is a huge part of the key for people getting out of the societal trap because, you know, I I think like whether it's through creativity or artistic expression or just like playing the system, like there are people who are living like really well and really like happily like pursuing whatever they want with their time because they found a creative way to pay for their bills or to make a shitload of money. And those are like, you know, like cryptocurrency. I have very little concept of what the fuck that is, but I know that a lot of people made a shitload of fucking money on it. <laughs> yeah. And somebody was creative, creative enough to think like, okay, I'm going to make this digital currency, get people to put money into it. And then through that, we're going to like, uh, this is the part where I start to lose the grasp on what cryptocurrency <laughs> is. But essentially, you're digitally farming like real life fucking money. Yeah. yeah. So you're putting so, money into a cryptocurrency and intangible and more resource. People do that, you get more, more of that resource. Yeah. And that's yeah. a creative way to say, fuck you, I'm not working a nine to five. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, there's definitely some whimsy about like cryptocurrency because a lot of people are enamored by it and a lot of people want to get into it. And, and it's a hard thing to like really wrap your mind around, especially now because, you know, the government's trying to like put all these restrictions and rules on it. Yeah. And I'm still not getting into it because uh, <laughs> I don't want to do all that research, you know, like I want to dump my creative energy and my, you know, personal time into something more creative and. Yeah, I mean, I mean more artistic because that was creative. That was a really yeah, way creative. for people to get out of to get out of what schools teach us. You know, you don't need a job, you don't yeah. need a nine to five. Like you can support yourself, and and even if you're not out here like making enough money to pay your bills, I think something that like our education system and society in general fails miserably at is like teaching the benefits of connection and commu- uh, community. You know, and I don't mean like the people you live near. I mean, the people you have in your life and the people that care about you, because if you have a strong enough community, you could reasonably like roll the fucking dice and like give up everything you have in your life to like pour all of your efforts into something that you want to try and make, whether it's like a business or a brand or an artistic fucking endeavor like you're not going to end up on the streets as long as you have people who care about you and you're doing everything you can to try and build something. Cause I know if any of like my people ever came to me and were like, Hey, like I really like need a place to stay. I've been trying to like build this thing over here and everything else. And like my normal life is like falling apart because I'm putting so much energy in this. I would absolutely yeah. be willing to let them stay and like sort that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's like to help them get out of like 
out of that, you know? Like, I don't want someone I care about living on the street. And, like, yeah. I remember very vividly having teachers being like, oh, you're going to be homeless because of blah, 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 and you're not applying yourself. And I'm like, okay. Like, when I was younger, I didn't realize that there were all these, you know, bullshit political rules about traveling. Like, I can't just up and go to another country. But when my teachers would tell me that when I was younger, I, I would just internally be like, all right, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll just travel the world. Because I thought it would be as simple as just going off to travel the world. Yeah. Because of societal bullshit and the way our world developed, like, you can't just do that anymore. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, 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 it'll, it'll, it'll change your fucking life. And I think as far <laughs> as connecting that with your childhood trauma, like, it's yeah. definitely looking for and accepting change. Yeah, um, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm thinking about it now and there definitely needs to be some sort of way for people to get in touch with, um, whether it be creative expression or just, uh, expression in general or just like touching base with their, with their like inner child of like being able to go back, you know, like at the end of the day, and just being like, how do I like decompress from all these rules or just having like a class or something that people can go to where they can learn like, Hey, and during this class, you're going to, f- you're going to spend it finding ways to express yourself or, or, or to creatively express yourself in ways that wouldn't be you know, socially normal. Like you wouldn't go to Starbucks and do this, but like here in this space, you know, allow yourself to be vulnerable or be capable Weird. of expressing yourself in, you know, whatever way uh, feels natural. Cause yeah, I definitely agree with you. There's, Cause there's no, there's no spaces for that either. You know, people, the like, more I learn about, the more I learn about like neuroscience or how the brain works and like, just like neurodiversity in general, there's like so many things that people do that we look at and we're like, that's weird. That's strange. But, it, but when it's ex- explained from like, just like a neurodiverse perspective, it's like, no, these things are normal. It's just, we've made them not normal, which is inhuman. <laughs> and the way we talk about them isn't like, isn't human. Um, like, uh, what is it? Like stimming? I think it's called stimming. And like a lot of people who uh, deal with autism, uh, experience stimming. What is and it? it's, it's essentially like, it's essentially just like an overstimulation thing when mm-hmm. like your body is just like overstimulated and you can't really process all of the outside stimuli where your body reacts where like you either like tense up or like you shake or just something. Right. And like, you just like move to like get it out or to just deal with the overstimulation. And it's like a super normal response. And, but if we were to look at it, it's like someone doing it, like say we're like at Vons or something or like a grocery store. We see someone doing that and like shaking because they're overstimulated. We'd be like, Oh my God, what's going on? But if you just understand, um, you know, what they're experiencing, you're like, Oh, that's, 
that's actually really normal. They just must be overstimulated. That's how they're dealing with it. And that's yeah. a normal response. But like, we don't view it that way. We're just like, Oh my God, they're freaking out. <laughs> it's, a- yeah, I think, I think that goes deeper too than that too. You know, like that's just, I think how society looks at, you know, you could, you could see, it, you could see it as like, you could see it as, I don't even know. This might be incorrect, but the way I've like, I'm perceiving it is like, it might just be like zoomies. Like when you see animals that have like zoomies, <laughs> you know, they just fucking like analogy. You could, you know, it. like I feel yeah. like it's, it's like in that same regard of like, of zoomies, like something like they're just trying to get it out, you know? <laughs> and so they have this moment where they're just like, Whoa! and yeah, they're just like, like I, I you see it, you see yeah. it explained that way. And you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Like they're just, they're just trying to get it out. But if like a person were to do it, you're like, what is happening? I don't understand. It. It's like, they're just trying to get it out. <laughs> you're like someone stop this guy. He's running around bonds. Um, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think that's, that's how society looks at like a lot of mental illness, you know, it's just like, if it's not normal, if it's not something that you can just ignore and like walk by, then you're not supposed to do it. And like, like you were saying, like through a neurodiverse lens, it's, it's normal. And I think that that's, I think, you know, obviously that's true, but I think, I think having spaces for people to, to like vent that, like you're, like you were saying, it should just be like the first step, you know, cause it eventually mm-hmm. needs to be normal to just be out in public, bro. Like I remember. Uh, I remember one time I was, I was at work and uh, I had found out that my friend's dog died and I love that dog. I was fucking heartbroken, bro. She was the sweetest fucking dog ever. She was the mother of my dog. And like, I was so very upset. Like I was actually, I was initially just angry. I was like, just mad that like, cause she, she had gotten hit by a car and the assumption was that it was on purpose because she was a pit bull. Oh. So I was just, I was just upset because I like, not even if it wasn't on purpose, like the fact that somebody could just like hit an animal and then leave it there. Cause you know, my friend found her on the street uh-huh. and I was like, if I like, Oh my God, bro. Even if I was just in a car behind the person that hit her, whether I knew that dog or not, I'm going to follow that person and then I'm going to figure out like who this person is. And then I'm going to find whoever owns that dog. And I'm going to be like, this is the guy fucking have at it yeah. or you know, call your lawyer or do whatever you got to do. I was just mad, bro. Until like I had gotten off work. I think my, maybe another part of it too was that like, because, because I was at work, like I didn't want to break down and like be sad and feel that feel that pain so i was just like just be angry like it's easier to to hide your anger than to like hold back tears yeah by the time i'd gotten off work and had gotten to my bus stop like i was i just broke down at that bus stop bro and i was just sitting there like bawling my eyes out and i remember there was this lady there who who just was like 100 percent freaked out like she got up (laughs) god she stopped waiting for the bus bro (laughs) she just walked away oh no and started crying and uh like you know there's there's other instances where like people just hit their limit in society and 
And like, it isn't always crying. Like sometimes it is, it is more dramatic. It is more violent. Like if I had been expressing my anger initially, I would have been like throwing shit and like having like a whole fucking episode inside the gas station I worked at. Yeah. And, like one way or another, I had to let that out. Like I couldn't just hold it in because that's, well, first of all, I wasn't able to anymore, but also like, if I had, it would have been more detrimental to myself. And I would much rather make some lady uncomfortable and miss her fucking bus because, you know, I'm in pain and I need to cry. And I think when people like lose their minds or, you know, fucking have mental breaks or, or episodes where they're like snapping and just doing like such insane, socially unacceptable shit because they're upset like, you know, calling the cops or like, you know, locking them away or, or like sedating them. Like those are not, none of those are the move. Like it definitely needs to be like, okay, let's take this person to like a calm, quiet space and be like, all right, like let's sort this out. Why are you, why, why are you like, you know, getting undone like this? Let's, yeah. let's address it. You know, people don't address the stresses of like life in general and, Sometimes it's like shit because someone you know or care about is no longer around anymore or because like your monotonous job like denied your six request for an extra day off so you could have one three day weekend to just fucking relax, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the, the that's definitely, I think, like a huge, an, another huge contributor, just like to people's drive to be creative and expressive because you're right. Like whether it's through, uh, you is stimming. You said it was stimming. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whether it's through stimming or like fucking breaking down or like me or drawing something or burning something or, you know, I'm not endorsing pyromania unless you're doing <laughs> it safely. Um, or even if, even if you're not doing it safely, you know, just don't do it around people. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, in a way that's gonna hurt somebody. Like, I think it, it it's a uh, it's what it's another aspect of what drives like that necessity to be creative or find a way out or figure out how to you know mine money on the internet or yeah. I think it's funny because it's this desperation that society's like instilled in everybody. Yeah, and that I, also I just, pushes people I, I just, to be creative. Sorry. Um, I just think it's so weird because it's just like the, the older I've gotten and the more like people I've talked to and the more like struggles that I've heard, people don't necessarily know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, everybody's kind of just playing it by ear and figuring it out as they go. But even like, even in that regard, if someone does something like we somehow still feel like, and like, even though like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing, you know, like we're just trying to get by, we're just trying to do whatever. Like we somehow still feel like we have the authority to like judge other people and be like, oh, they're doing it wrong or you know, like they're not doing it the quote unquote right way. And it's just like, 
from everybody that I've talked to, it's like nobody knows what nobody fucking knows what they're doing. You know, even the people who make money or like have money and are successful, like even half the time, they don't know what they're doing. They're just like, I feel like they're just better at figuring it out on the fly or they just have more resources and, you know, connections. But yeah, it's like you just, you just learning as you go to deal with these things. And, but like, why do we still feel, why do we still feel like to have that? over other people just being like, mm, no, I don't think that's right. Or I don't, you know, <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah. I think that's, um, I don't know, maybe more ego projection. That's a hard one. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I get what you're definitely. saying though. Like I don't, I don't understand that either. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a good, uh, a good observation. I feel like a lot of people have that too. I know I, I definitely do like, I don't, I don't feel like I judge people like on, uh, on like how they do things, but I certainly do catch myself being frustrated a lot with people based on like how they think and like how they operate. Yeah. And I, I've come to realize like a large part of it is because I expect, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe too much or, or I don't know. It's, it's because it's when people aren't matching my expectations that it, that like I find myself acting like that. Uh huh. That's definitely something like I aspire to work on. Um, but, uh, I don't know. As, as far as everyone else goes, I think that's, that's like also another, well, I mean, there you go. I'm doing it too. Like, oh, as far as other people go, like, <laughs> let, let me just speak on everyone in society for a minute and just, and just say <laughs> we all got massive egos, you know, and yeah. it's hard to, to uh, to combat that. And I think, you know, the book you're reading is definitely like a good tool against that. Cause if you're watching how you speak and how people speak to you, you are being more present and conscious than I would imagine a lot of people that you interact with on a daily basis. Yeah. And I, and like me personally, I definitely have been trying to be more present. Um, I do feel like it's been extremely beneficial for me, but I also sometimes feel like it's like my escape. You know, I'm like, I'm just going to be present. Like if I, like if I'm thinking about the past and it's agitating my depression or I'm thinking about the future and, you know, my lack of plans or, or my lack of awareness of what's coming in the future, like is also raising my anxieties. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be here right now. Yeah. Which is good. Like it's helped me not be more unhinged <laughs> than uh, normal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's hard being and, present. And I think, it's, I think maybe I that's why people never, do that. What did never, you say? I said it's hard being present. Like, yeah. It's not something we're taught it's how to it's do. It for sure requires a lot of practice, but you know, I, w- I was saying, I think that's also a huge contributor to why people, or I think it could be a huge contributor to why people have that attitude of like, well, you're doing this wrong or, or you're not, you're not living life the right way because maybe, maybe seeing someone do something different than them is like, it agitates them because they're like, well, you know, they're not doing it the way I'm doing it. And I'm definitely like, like you said, nobody knows what they're doing, but they want to pretend they do. So, you know, maybe they start pointing out, 
other people's fuck ups or what they perceive as perceive as fuck ups so that they can feel better because being present is hard. And sometimes mm-hmm. being present means mm-hmm. admitting like, damn, like I've, I've got no fucking idea what's happening. Yeah. And the idea that the entire world has no clue what they're doing, like that's not only terrifying, it's also, I think, a very accurate assessment of the world right now. Like, fuck, bro. I think the inability for us to know what we're doing for ourselves, let alone on like a global community, like definitely reflects the state of the world. Yeah. Because, fuck, there are so many huge problems we could be working on and, you know, no, no, nobody's doing shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard. Like I said, nobody's, we're not taught how to be present. We're always taught from our families or everything else. We're always taught about like, focusing on the future focus on the future think about your career what you're going to do and this and that and we're more we're more taught on how to not be present than anything yeah and so you know a lot of that leads to us missing missing small moments or like missing just life kind of passing us by and just not being able to recognize a lot of the small things that really matter and uh make our lives meaningful and yeah it's it's strange it's strange it's strange viewing it from that perspective but it's also like kind of humbling and just being like you know what people are just trying to get by people are just trying to live (laughs) people are just trying to live and whatever that means for however you want to live your life you know go for it but just understand that Everybody else is just trying to do it in their own way. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I think that's a great way to see things. It's definitely, again, like a real, a real wholesome way to like ground yourself. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I kind of disagree though. Like, I don't feel like, like everybody is just trying to live. I think some people are trying to control other people. I think, I think. Because some people have given up on living, that's why they get upset when someone's not doing things like quote unquote right, you know? Mm. Cause they're not doing what society told them to. And these people did do what society told them to. And it like, you know, like there are people who are really good at that. Like, yeah. School teaches us like, you know, be a cog in the wheels and keep things going. And some people were really good at filling up their little cog space and when they see other people like fighting to get out of it, that's upsetting for them probably for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't think that makes any, anybody like better or worse than anyone else. But like, I think if everybody was just trying to live and like figure shit out for themselves, that would be better. But I think there's a lot of people who like the way that society is and get upset when anybody points out, this like silent desperation that permeates a lot of people because you know, there's not, I I I don't think I know anybody who's like, who can say like the last three years have been fucking great for them. Like personally Mm -hmm. in any regard, you know, even if things have been going well for them, 
like everybody I know has been struggling mentally or yeah. emotionally one way or another, or has had like some massive change occur in their life where it's like, fuck, like now what, you know, cause they were already working on something for years and then it falls apart and it's like, okay, well, like, I, I guess I start over now and like, what do I start on? Cause uh-huh. everything, like everything's different now. Everything's changing. And I think people, some people are okay with things not changing. So they go to their monotonous job every day. And when somebody says like, Oh, I'm, I'm just going to leave this job and like disappear for two months and then like figure out what I'm going to do next. Uh huh. I've known people that have done that. And I feel like if I said that to like a lot of people I work with, a lot of them would be like, what the fuck? Like you're dumb. Like you're, you're you can't do that. Like what are you going to do? You can't just come back and work here. It's like they're going to hire someone else. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get replaced. You're not going to have a job anymore. And it's like, yeah, I know that I don't want to have this job anymore. And then it's like that, that's something they can't even understand. Cause it's like, oh, well, it's a good job. You get paid well. You get good benefits. Like, why, why change? Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, it's either way. It's just, you're just trying to figure out <laughs> what's best yeah. for you, you know? Yeah. Well, at least, at least me. But I mean, like, well, I don't know. I just, I just mean like, that's, that's why I was saying I disagree with like yeah. what you're saying, where everybody's, yeah. I think no, there I, are I, some I, people I, that aren't trying to figure shit out. Yeah. Well, no, because yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. I think it's just you know change is difficult, and people don't. Yeah. People, um, people hesitate or or aren't uh you know drawn towards change. It's stressful. Change is stressful, no matter what. Uh, whether it's whether it's healing, you know, or doing anything, uh, different, uh. You know, it's stressful. It's stressful. And even just, um, perceiving that in somebody else's life, you know, seeing like, Oh my God, you're doing a different way. You're not just like abiding by everything else. Like that sounds stressful. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. You're doing it wrong. You're being like, stressed in the wrong way. Like, why can't you just be stressed the way I live my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's different. Uh, I think it comes back towards, towards what I was saying just about myself, like being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm comfortable doing that would make other people uncomfortable. But, um, for me, it's just like speaking a different language isn't one of them at this point. You know, I could probably get better at that. Um, but, yeah, change, change is stressful and anybody doing anything different than what the normal or amount of people are doing is just like perceived as, as strange, but it's also not strange if you just view it from like an empathetic lens or just from a place of like non-bias or non-ego, I guess. Um, yeah, which is yeah, hard to hard, do. That's, uh, it's that's hard why to I do. Psychedelics, man, to, to like, rapidly change the subject <laughs> no yeah it's in the same uh, vein like ego death bro i i love it so much oh my god yeah um i think that's this is why i have like a huge like love for mushrooms in general you know there's 
I feel like so much that can be done with them. Just, mm-hmm. just the psychedelic mushrooms alone, man. Like, you know, there's been a huge boom in them recently, like for um, therapeutic uses. Yeah. And I love that. But there's also like, like so many benefits for like all these other normal like kitchen mushrooms. You know, lion's mane is great <laughs> for your brain. Turkey tail is good for anti-carcinogens. Um, the, the list goes on. There's a lot of benefits from all kinds of mushrooms, man. I think, mm-hmm. I think through, through psychedelics in general, people can generally benefit because there's, there's all like all the things I think we've been talking about today can be encapsulated in like one psychedelic trip. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you lose your ego. You definitely gain like these new insights into things that you don't really understand regardless of whether it's yourself or you've just like taken a huge dose or seeing like some alternate dimension. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get a new a new touch on like energy and vibes that like uh, you really don't get like outside of psychedelics. You could get that through a lot of like practice and effort. You know, I think that's where like a lot of spirituality lies and a lot of like religions probably were built off of, if not started somewhere around psychedelics. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of different uh, experiences to be had through uh through psychedelics and uh most of most of them are good besides like bad trips but for the most for the most part like even bad trips can be explained yeah Um, me personally i feel like there aren't bad trips i know that there's like a i don't know a stereotype like oh you're just a fucking hippie you fucking think there's no bad trips blah 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 but like i watched my family's face melt for eight hours straight uh-huh. I'm just like, okay, well, you know, why, why do you think you saw that? Like, do, do you perceive your family as like falling apart constantly? Or you, are you, do you always see yourself as like a, an objective viewer of like the train wreck that is their lives? Why do you think their lives are train wreck? Why do you think you saw that? Like, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in the fact that like, you know, a bad trip is, is the mushrooms or, or whatever you're taking. Hopefully it's mushrooms. <laughs> Um, trying to like express something to you that needs to change, which is scary. Like we were saying, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of why people are so scared of psychedelics sometimes is because of like the idea that good or bad, you're going to see something that's going to change you, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, there's a lot that goes on when you consume psychedelics especially in your brain but um yeah making sense of of uh any trip could uh be difficult especially for just like you know people who aren't accustomed to that uh mindset of uh you know inner looking in inside or what is it being introspective yeah um but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of benefit if you know behind it and if you're doing it responsibly too because like i'm a big big advocate for that uh it's just like if you're going to be consuming uh, just do it responsibly or like if you're going to do it for the first time like just have someone guide you (laughs) you know don't just um 
don't just dive into three eighths on your own. <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was speaking with someone recently, and they were like, "Oh yeah, I feel like I could really like just like go to a rave and do acid." And I was like, oh. "Are you really like you just <laughs> think you can do that?" Okay, like I'm, I'm like you could, but like, how is your experience going to be? Like, I feel like that's going to be a lot. Oh, there's yeah. more there's more a, room for it being bad than for it being good, you know? Yeah, 100%. Uh, funny enough, my, my buddy Jackie Chan, uh, <laughs> him and a <laughs> friend, they went to some, like, EDM music festival, uh-huh. and him and his friend both took um, acid out there. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, Jackie, he's, like I said, he's got a really unique brain, so he really didn't feel anything. He was just, like, enjoying the show didn't have any like hallucinogenic visions or like feelings really. He, he was just there. Yeah. He told me that his friend, uh, like when the acid started to kick in, it got really intense for him. Just like in general, being in the crowd, all the loud music. And his friend had to kind of like crouch down and like stare at the floor until the concert was over and everybody had left. And then Mm -hmm. he was able to like get up and like leave. Yeah. it just made me laugh when he told me that story because I, I remember telling him, I was like, that's a terrible place to do acid, man. Like, <laughs> the simulation. Like there's way too many variables going on or you're just going to be... You're just uh, going to dive into that too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, like I'm an advocate on like a lot of holistic practices and just natural, um, you know, natural experiences with psychedelics because like I've, I strongly feel like First time you definitely need a guide to just kind of like help you through it. And then, you know, after that, you're free to your own volition and, you know, use it as responsibly as reckless as you want, but just, you know, at least know either way. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like, just know what you're getting into. Cause like I said, you know, people really yeah. think that you could just, I mean, like know like why you're using it too. Cause yeah, intention. Going in with intention. Is intention is is very important. Good. I know, like, I know, like ayahuasca is a really big thing right now. Um, and uh, I feel like you know, respecting that practice and doing it with a guide is very important. And I know when you go, especially if you're gonna going to like Peru or or whatever country it is that, that like actually does it as a as a practice, transformative practice, um, they make you speak your intention before doing it. And you have to speak your intention with like whatever group you're doing it with. And for the most part, they, I feel like they accept any intention, but they just want you to like kind of be self-aware and yeah, be able to like say it something. in front of other people and just be like held responsible for like, Hey, like this is, you're being honest with us and yourself this is what you're doing it for be prepared for like your experience and like know that like this is what you're going in with like this is the mindset you're going in with and yeah. uh i feel like that's a, that's also really important too because you know some people just they just go in <laughs> not yeah, knowing what to expect and then they come out and they're like what the fuck i think i think that's i think a, a real good way to like toss the coin for like what people call a bad trip you know because if, yeah. you're, if you're not setting an intention, you know, the way I see mushrooms is like they're a form of sentient plant that for whatever reason can connect with our brains 
mm-hmm. really well. And, you know, ayahuasca is the same way. Like one of the main components is DMT and like our brain, our brains make that already. And yeah. we just don't get, we just don't get any until we die. Like that's when, that's why it's called the spirit molecule. You know, you die, it gets released in your brain. All you get all this crazy brain activity and then you die or you die and then, and then you get the DMT and then you're somewhere else. I don't know. <clears throat> that's like a whole different rant I'm getting onto. My point being, like you don't set an intention, you go into the psychedelic realm where, you know, the the nature of it is to is to grow, I think. You know, and if it's whether whether it's being introspective or like setting a goal for like something you want to fix in yourself or or just getting to know yourself better, like if you don't set anything like that as a precedent, then they're going to be, you know, whatever these psychedelics that you're taking are going to be like, okay, well, here's some things you can work on. And then it's going to dump all these, all these negative things that you either never recognized in yourself or blatantly ignored or, or, you know, didn't even know you were ignoring. And then it's like, oh, like I had such a bad trip. Like I, I just felt like so bad and, and had all these terrible feelings and, and then a lot of times I've, I've heard people having trips like that, but then just feeling like, like high as fuck when they come out of it, you know, like they come down from the psychedelics and they feel lighter and they feel better, even though yeah. they have like a gnarly, scary moment with it. But if you set an intention, I think then, then it gives the psychedelics like a direction to help you work towards. And it, it didn't, you know, like you're saying, like it just makes them self aware. And I think it gives you something to ground yourself with. And I have definitely done both where like I've taken high quantities like out in the desert with like no intention, no goal, nothing real in mind, except, you know, at that point I had already been familiar with mushrooms. I was ready to just be like, you know, like show me something, which I guess was, (laughs) was the intention, you know, like, yeah, like I want to see something new, like you were saying about like what you miss about your childhood is like seeing something new. And that, that, that time in the desert was one of my most prominent trips. It was also one of the highest doses I had, but it was very significant in the sense that like to this day, I'll still have random memories come back from that day and it'll just like click something for me and I'll be like, Oh, whoa. Like then, you know, that's, that's why I interact like with people in this way, or that's why I have like this habit that I have that I've begun to recognize no. And like the patterns of my interactions with people. And then on the other hand, I've also had, I had trips where I specifically would think, <clears throat> if not say out loud, like, this is what I want from this trip. One yeah. of the most prominent examples being, um, my last birthday, I had fasted for three days and then I had gone hiking up in a mountain and I had wanted to, um, I can't remember exactly what it was. Either I was looking to find more appreciation or to find, or, or it had to do with like abundance. Like I wanted to like examine the abundances of my life. And um, it wasn't like a huge dose, but I think because I had fasted for three days before it was like, you know, it, it had like a significant event, effect, the dose I did have. Mm, yeah. And man, that was like one of the best birthdays I ever had, man. Cause I was just up in the mountain, <laughs> just like 
vibing on like all the examples that were just like coming up of like people who loved me and like were expressing that one way or another. Mm. And that's, that's sweet. It was just uh like a really, really beautiful time in the mountains. Even when there was like, I remember there was a point where I was like really deep in it, you know, like my eyes were closed. I was laying down. I was like enjoying the visuals I was getting. And then somebody flew a drone over. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard one of those long range drones, bro, but they just sound ugly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially when you're on psychedelics, they're just like, like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how to do the sound, but it, it just sounded terribly like awful. It took me out of it immediately. It scared me a little bit. And when I realized it was a drone, I was like, okay, like, like, I don't know what I thought it was, but I, I know I can just like calm down, relax and just like try and get back in it. And eventually I did, but, um, you know, that, I think that's why you can't just take acid at a concert. Like your, your surroundings are going to affect your experience, whether you think they will or not. And if you're just taking psychedelics because you want to like party and have a crazy good time, like you can do that. But I think you need to really delegate the party you're going to and the people that are going to be there. Cause yeah, it really opens you up. So, so, you know, like energies, like, and yeah. just because everybody's there vibing to the music, you know, doesn't mean those vibes are going to be good. And, yeah. And if you're not ready to be open to like immense energy, like I was in the mountains on my own, man. And I was feeling like all the love and it was overwhelming as fuck, but it was like overwhelming in the best way. But <clears throat> imagine opening yourself up and having like thousands of people who are like probably dealing with all their own shit and like all of that, just all of a sudden just fucking consuming you all around you. While you're in this heightened state of awareness of not just yourself, but everything around, that's a hard, that's a hard situation to have a good time in, I feel like. Yeah. It's, there's too many, there's too many outside factors, um, when it comes to having those kind of experiences. It's, uh, way too much of an overstimulation. Um, and I've, yeah, I I agree. It's just there's a lot of things that can go into into what you experience on on any sort of trip, but yeah. You know, everybody's everybody's coming from a different place. Um I just try to be that advocate whenever I hear people saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm considering doing this." And I'm like, "Okay, just you know, know what you're getting into before." I don't know, I always like being prepared uh, yeah. or as or as prepared as I can. I like for, uh, uh, certain things. Yeah, when I when I hear people and they're like on the cusp of it or they're thinking about it, I always I'm just like, do it, like do it, make sure you do it. <laughs> yeah, because um, I ah oh, man, I think it's good for I just think it's good for everyone. Like even people who like always have like adverse experiences. I'm like, at least now you know, like it's not for you. And you yeah, know, being responsible is definitely something I probably should emphasize more when I'm encouraging people to do it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm like totally prepared to give well. like a I'm like totally prepared to give like a PowerPoint presentation and be like, all right, here's what here's the ins and outs. Here's what you need to know and what you <laughs> I mean I what guess, you should do. <laughs> I 
I guess I do do that in a way because I, I do like to tell people, you know, like with whichever psychedelic you're doing, it's it's important to go into it with with some degree of openness. Like you have to accept it. You know, when you take it, you're in it. There's no there's no backing out. You don't get to say, oh, never mind. You don't get to like you don't get to second guess it once you start it. And if you do and you start like pushing against it and you start fighting it, like it gets, it gets harder. It gets worse. Cause then they're like, no, 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 no. You wanted this. You yeah. wanted to have a trip. You wanted to have this experience. You ate the mushrooms. You drank the ayahuasca. You, you put the little piece of paper on your tongue, whatever you did, you signed up for it and you got to go with the flow or, or you will have a bad time. That's something I do tell lots of people who, you know, are like, oh, it's my first time. I'm pretty excited. Like, if I do hear that they're going to do it in some terrible place, I'm always like, oh, I would go out in nature. That's much better. You know, I don't try to tell people what to do. You want to do acid at a concert and sit and stare at the floor for two hours? Be my guest, man. But <laughs> I'm definitely going to try and tell you that, you know, you probably would have had a better time out in the desert, up in the mountains, by a river. And, you know, that's where I think the important part of responsibility comes in is having somebody who if is if they're not there to guide you at the very least they're there to make sure you know you're not going to wander off yeah because boy it's easy to get lost in the desert on mushrooms <laughs> from experience huh <laughs> yeah a little, a little bit you know um we we were lucky that day we had we had a sober head for every single person that was doing mushrooms. So <laughs> there you go. See, we all we all had like a sober buddy with us, making sure we didn't go off too far. But I do remember vividly <clears throat> that like they kept catching me like walking off of like into the desert <laughs> and uh, have like put one of those baby leashes on you. <laughs> they, they probably should have. I bet that would have just freaked me out though. Like, oh, now I'm tethered to like the earth or the person or whatever. And it's like, come would on. Would have made me just want to like rip my skin off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, I think responsibility is a good, a good thing. I don't really consider a lot of the times when I do psychedelics. For sure, I could have been a lot safer on my birthday. Climbing a mountain after not eating for three days, man, let me tell you, that's fucking hard. Oh my God. I bet. <laughs> I was not doing good when I got to the top of the mountain and I was, I remember sitting there. First of all, I was ecstatic because initially my initial plan was to do like a 16 mile hike up this mountain. Oh man. I made it maybe four miles before I was like really like accepting the fact that I wasn't going to finish this hike. (laughs) Okay. But I had gotten to this plateau and my goal was to get up like really far up the mountain before sunrise. And as I got to this plateau, like I had thrown up like seven or eight times at this point. Like I couldn't drink any water without like throwing it up immediately. Oh shit. I was, I was having like a hard time, like, like fighting this like terrible nausea I was experiencing. I was definitely overexerting myself and for sure dehydrated, but I made it right when the sun was like about to raise and I was like, okay, cool. Um, now I'm, now I'm getting to enjoy the sunrise and like, I can have a good time. Yeah. Like at least least experience this moment, you know, experiencing sunrise is, is really, is really different. 
<laughs> you get a really, um, you're like spatial and like kind of, uh, ego sense is really put, is really put into check once you experience like sunset and or sunrise. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. You know, damn, that's crazy. I just now remembered, uh, after that really intense trip I had in the desert, like we had, we all had a moment, like everybody that was there that day, like we all just sat down and watched the sunset, like real, real quietly. Like nobody was talking. Nobody was like doing anything, like whatever we were in the middle of, we all just kind of stopped and just like sat down and watched the sunset and the desert, like turned from like a, you know, crazy, crazy colorful sky to just like all these stars. And it was just fucking awesome after like a long day of not being in this realm of existence. And yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, some some about sunrises and sunsets, man. They definitely are great for shifting perspective. Yeah, it really is. It really is. That's where we're meant to be. We're meant to be right there. Experience uh experience nature as it is. That's the most I think that's the most accessible and easy way to become or learn to be present as being out in nature. And just, you know, learning to experience the day as it happens and not all the extra bullshit that we add into it, but yeah, yeah I, that's that's how it should be. If if you, I have two questions. One is what I always ask is, if you had any advice for your younger self, what would it be? And if you don't want to answer that one, or if that one's too loaded, because I know it could be, <laughs> um. What's something you would tell your younger self that you think that they needed to hear or that you needed to hear growing up? Damn. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say that's a loaded question, but it's definitely a hard one. Because there's, I don't know, I'm towing between like, would I want to just tell my something I tell myself something I wish I understood sooner Mm -hmm. or is there something that like I really needed to hear that like I just I don't know can't recognize or can't think of in this moment (laughs) I don't know there's just so much you know there's a lot I would yeah I feel like that's that's just a really a really hard question because like the way I see it is like that's that's you essentially going back and giving yourself something that you couldn't cultivate at that age and yeah there's so much i wish i i could tell myself when i was younger mhm just something one, something you think you needed to hear growing up to just kind of like push you forward i think a large a large one that would have helped me a lot would be like to just be nicer to yourself, you know, mm. like be more forgiving of like, of who, who you are and the mistakes you make and understand like, you know, you, you got to love yourself. Like yeah, you, a lot of people I think are really hard on themselves one way or another. And yeah, 
if they were, if I was told I had like one one sentence, it would be that. It would be just be nicer to yourself, be more forgiving, and like try to try to find that love you give to everyone for yourself. Yeah, that's huge. That is that is huge. I think that's a. I think that's a solid piece of advice <laughs> or just a solid piece to, to tell yourself in retrospect. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I agree. I think I needed, I think that's something I would want to say to myself too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if, if I had, if I had just this amount of time to pick, like that would be what, what I would come up with for sure. <laughs> I also imagine just like being like an adult self walking up to your younger self like, Hey kid, Oh, don't forget to love yourself. Like, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, if I if it was just a stranger on the street, younger me would have been like, "What a fucking weirdo! Fuck that guy!" Like, yeah, there's no way in hell you would hear anything or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, who is this dude? Oh man, that's great. Is there um? We already touched. We already talked about kind of like what your dreams are and where you want to go. Um with like your art and you want to practice more of your artwork and everything. Yeah. Um, is there, what are your, what are your, what are your goals on, on how to get there? Or like, what are your like aspirations kind of like on, on once you get there and, and uh, how are you going to kind of work, work your, your way there? Man, you know, I think, the biggest one for me has always been just like discipline. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always feel like that's, that's what more often than not gets in my way is like the discipline of practicing it. Yeah. Cause you know, most, most recently I've, I've come up with this realization that like as a creative person, you know, you're not, you're not going to like, you know, make, make some amazing thing every time you try to create something. It's, it's impossible. Like nobody can just like, you know, one after another hit it out of the park and whatever you're practicing. If you're making music, like maybe you'll like make one really sick riff and then you try to fit it into a song and like everything else kind of makes it fall apart or just isn't as good. And yeah. And like, you know, you really want to use this riff, but like you just can't, you can't make it fit right. And like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like withdrawing, you know, like I can't get the shading right or like I'm fucking with the colors too much or, or like, I just, don't, I just think it looks like shit, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, when I, when I make things like that or when I catch myself having that opinion a lot, I get discouraged and I stop, I stop doing it consistently. I stop drawing, I stop painting, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I get discouraged and it's, it just, you know, has me putting it off till later because I'm like I ah, like I'm not making things at the quality I want to and uh the thought I had recently was like it's it's just bloodletting like that's that's where my discipline needs to go you know the the old school doctors were like oh like you know all this medicine we've given these people isn't helping so let's just put some leeches on them and like you know cut their cut them open here and there and like let them get all the blood bad blood out like yeah you got to do that creatively you need to bloodlet all the bad ideas all the bad sketches all the bad music whatever you're making like just make shitty stuff make bad stuff it doesn't matter mm-hmm. yeah because because ultimately in that bad stuff you're going to be like oh I, I like how i did this 
this little specific thing here. You're going to find what works. I like how this sound in this riff mixes with like this little drum beat over here, you know, like while you're editing, while you're, while you're creating, like whatever, when you make the bad stuff, you'll find the good stuff. And I think that also touches on what you were saying earlier with um, creativity being a way of people getting to know themselves. Yeah. And the more you know yourself, the more you'll be capable of, I think, making good art because like there's so many examples of like stuff that's arguably really easy to like copy, but it doesn't hold the same weight as like the first person who made those, those paintings or the first person who, who like practiced, you know, that genre of music or whatever it is. There's, there's people that make things look easy or make easy things look like immaculate, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for me, moving forward, what I need more than anything is just the discipline. Like whether I feel it or not, I need to do it because sometimes when you're, when you're just fucking around, you're going to find like a really good idea or a really, you know, a really important aspect of your work that you want to follow. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's great, man. I'm going to hold you to it and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that, uh, you follow through. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll appreciate it too. Like accountability is definitely. Yeah. Right. It's part of the discipline too. Just yeah. making it to your routine. Just, you know, it helps having someone be like, Hey, like what the, what's going on, man? I haven't seen you do anything. It's like, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah, man. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me and just kind of vibing and seeing where everything goes through. Oh, yeah, it means a lot. This was fun. No, absolutely. And, uh, what do you want to, what do you want to say to the audience? Do you have anything you want to promote or any last words you want to reach out to someone? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I would just tell everybody the same thing I told my younger self, you know, love, love yourself more, be more forgiving. And, mm-hmm. you know, be honest with yourself and the people you love. Like, it's it's important to stay in touch with yourself and, and the people we care about. Even yeah. if it's through, like, the smallest effort, it's as hard as it is, like, you got to do it. We, we, we need each other, and we definitely need ourselves to show yes. up for ourselves. Absolutely. And do mushrooms. <laughs> yes, absolutely do some mushrooms, you know. With with somebody there. <laughs> with somebody there, right? <laughs> Alrighty man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, of course. This was super fun and I can't thank Sab enough for coming on and sharing his story with us. I'm always pushing for people to pursue their creative endeavors and I hope he's able to work on those aspirations soon. I hope you enjoyed yourself today, and until next time, take a deep breath in, a slow breath out, and tell yourself, you are here. Much love.
You Are Here is brought to you by That Most Excellent Network. Stay updated on future podcasts and other various releases through our social media. Your love and support ensures our ability to bring bigger and better quality content your way. For more information about being a guest, you can contact us at youareherepodtalk at gmail.com. Again, that's youareherepodtalk at gmail.com. We'd love to share the ability to hold space and tell your story. Stay excellent.